Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I made it just in time. I'll explain here in a second. Happy Wall Pass Wednesday, everybody. John here, you there. It's soccer's morning show, soccer down here. And you know how I am with computers. You know how I am with technology in general. Um, I got down here to the office this morning. And the evening, bam, you're here all night. All right. So uh, caffeine and work our way through. So get down here to the office, you know, turn everything on and realize that while I was away, the computer here tried to update itself. And it did, apparently, because, you know, none of the tabs that I traditionally have open here on the default system were up. And it was like, okay, I've got to find my uh, web service and I've got to find, all right, what websites do I want to open up and how do I want to do this and figure out, all right, is this way? Is it this way? Is it this way? Is it this way? Morning, Ricky. And then of course it's like, okay, are my settings correct? So I can hear are my settings. Okay. So I can talk and literally I'm hitting buttons and hitting buttons and hitting buttons while the open music is going, hoping I can make it in time to where you'll see my face and not see that. The starting soon banner for those of you who are just listening to the show instead of watching the show. And made it like literally just as the open was finished. Morning, Alex. So barely made it. Everything updated. So it might be a bit of an adventure for me finding things this morning. So we'll find out and see. Uh. Like I said, John here, you there. We got stuff to talk about. It's a Wednesday, so it's a wall pass Wednesday. It's whatever's on your mind in the Twitch pitch for those of you who are watching live, not just on Twitch, but on Twitter and on the Facebook page. And hour number two, traditionally busy with uh, Dylan Butler. If uh, Dylan is out of traffic and sh- and making sure that uh, those who need to be in school are in school. And uh, it is also at 1030 Bart Keeler from the Soccer for U.S. POD, where we will discuss the U.S. MNT, the U.S. WNT, 
and if there's any refing down here moments that you guys have over the past seven days that you wanted to discuss with Bart, uh, that's at 10.30 this morning. So uh, hour number one, we're going to talk about uh, the qualifiers from yesterday in, in Europe and one in particular for opening kickoff, and it will be one that will get Jarrett fired up. Then we've got to talk about everything going on in New England. Underline, exclamate, italicize, everything going on. We've got to talk about it. And I am going to effort local voices for the morning show for tomorrow because tomorrow's traffic is just Nico at 1030, plus all the news of the day and everything like that. So I'm going to try to bring in somebody from New England tomorrow. So efforting a guest to discuss everything going on from the New England perspective, but we're going to talk about it. We'll update it and we'll lay everything out as far as we know this morning to get everybody caught up with what's going on with the Rebs. Yes, Ricky, as the Rebs turn, absolutely. Or, you know, as the, as the webs turn, if you wanted to stick with as the world turn, but yeah, we got to get into what's going on in New England. We'll get uh, Dylan joins us at 10 o'clock and whenever Dylan can join us, uh, uh, we'll discuss it with him as well, but there's plenty to discuss when it comes to the Revs, and also uh, a bit of a passing uh, passing mention, the friendly that happened last night between Mexico and uh, Uzbekistan at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. About 20,000 folks showed up. They did not sell any of the tickets in, in the upper bowl, so that meant that it was going to be roughly, what, is it 42, I think, in the lower bowl? and it looked like it was about half of that. So 20,000 showed up last night. Didn't see a whole lot of, of uh, Uzbekistan jerseys, although there were Uzbe- there was Uzbek representation. And on a massive free kick at 90 plus two in a game that was crazy back and forth, Uzbek score first, then Mexico equalizes. Uzbek score to make it 2-1 early second half. Mexico scores twice to make it 3-2. And you're thinking, okay, everything's calm. Then at 90 plus two, a free kick that Memo Ochoa can't quite handle. He he got gets a gets a mid on it, but ends up deflecting it to into the roof of his own net. Three three, and Victor Rivas and that crew, man, they looked like they wanted to give Mexico every single chance after night. There's four minutes that were posted on the board. We were on the north end, 90 plus five and 90 plus six. And Mexico is still getting corners. And Victor Rivas and his crew, it's like, okay, blow the whistle. And then they finally ended up with uh, a couple of corners. Then one ended up in a goal kick as opposed to another corner, and that was when Victor Rivas blew the whistle. 3-3 final, Mexico and Uzbekistan last night at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mexico's defense? Yikes. The second goal specifically, when they got caught in transition, absolutely got caught in transition, did not get back in time. And so, uh, you had a goal in transition, it was a set piece. And then the first goal it was just a great piece of work by uh, Uzbekistan. So, Uzbekistan plays the United States, loses, uh, loses on the board, and then uh, they play Mexico and get a 3 3 draw. And this was apparently Uzbek, the Uzbek B side. Because the A side played against the U.S. and they 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 had rotated out some folks, so three three. 
Mexico and Uzbekistan last night. It was great to see. Uh, it was great to see the crowd that showed up last night. Very very cool stuff that uh, went on last night at uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium, and uh, hopefully you had the chance to uh, enjoy it if if you wanted to go and catch a friendly. So, uh, massive night last night across the board. Okay, yesterday. I guess this is now officially opening kickoff. Brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee, kickoffcoffeeco.com. And there's your QR code for those of you who are actually, let me cover up the other one. So there we go. There's your cue card, middle of the screen. For those of you who are watching on Twitch, on Twitter, or on Facebook, and uh, with our friends at Kickoff Coffee, use the code soccer down here 15. You get 15% off your purchase. They, in turn, take 10% reinvested into the Youth Game Youth Initiatives. Very, very cool stuff from our friends at Kickoff Coffee and kickoffcoffeeco.com. So, opening kickoff yesterday. And, it you know, there was a, a match in particular yesterday. And like I said, I want to get Jarrett's thoughts on this when next time Jarrett pops in. England and Scotland. England and Scotland yesterday. And... If you are a television producer or director, this is a game that you want. Yesterday's match was at Hampton Park, and uh, and then eventually England would win uh, by a couple of goals. Uh, Harry Kane got the third for England yesterday. But the pregame and the pre-match rundown is must-see television, especially when it's at Hampton Park. Match was at Hampton Park yesterday, and you had the Scottish fans booing God Save the King. That's what they do. And, and I wanted to, when, when Jared comes in, I wanted to explain, for those that don't necessarily know all of the hatred that's attached, I wanted to, to have Jared break all of this down. But the scenes for the anthems, the Scottish fans are booing God Save the King. And then when that anthem is over and the Scottish anthem starts, Flower of Scotland, it starts with bagpipes. And the crowd obviously is out of their minds insane, and it is a gorgeous piece of television to watch all of these Scottish fans singing their anthem. After the first verse or paragraph, the bagpipes lay out and the crowd finished the anthem without any kind of musical accompaniment whatsoever. It was gorgeous. And if, and Jarrett made this point yesterday, that if you are a network and you are showing this match and anybody, any network, I don't care who you are, you could be RTE, you could be Big Fox, you could be the international feed, I don't care. If you dump out of the anthems in this situation, you need to hand in your, your TV card right then and there. But it was fantastic television yesterday early on and with the political context that's attached. So, my oh, my top three national anthems, Wow. Oh, so, okay, so that, that is definitely a Walpassian Wednesday question. So I'm going to post this for everybody. Three top national anthems. What are they? I want to know your three top national anthems. Bam's asking me mine. I want to know yours. Uh, 
so you had all of that pageantry, pomp, and circumstance yesterday. As a part of what went on yesterday, Allie McCoist believes booing God Save the King was totally out of order. The former Scotland striker, who is now a TV pundit and wears uh, and wears the the form fitting IFB interpersonal feedback. That's the the stuff that we wear in our ears in TV and radio, so we can hear our producers and get our get our instructions. Ali McCoist, the former Scotland striker, this is from our friends at the Telegraph, described his country's supporters as totally out of order for booing God Save the King ahead of the friendly against England. McCoist was working as a co-commentator, according to our friends at uh, the Telegraph. The former Rangers player and manager said he sung along to God Save the King on the gantry and suggested that SNP fans were behind the jeering of the anthem. He was asked about it on Talk Sport. He says, I do not like the booing of any national anthem, to be honest with you. I just think it's a distinct lack of respect. I genuinely dislike it intensely. And there's video out there of you know, that was shot from press row about the, the booing and all that kind of stuff. It exists. McCoist continues. He says, if you can't show respect, I'm not talking about England. I'm talking about anybody or anybody that goes to Hampton, any football ground or any sporting event. If you can't show the opposition respect by respecting their national anthem, I think it's a poor show. I get the rivalry with England and Scotland, and I get some of the Scots, perhaps SNP fans, giving it the whole bit. But I'm talking about in general. There should be respect shown for an opposing national anthem, and I think it's totally out of order. When it was put to McCoy's that he was being too pro-English, McCoist said, for telling the truth, what all these guys can do is put their head back under the covers of the pillow. If they want to lift their head up and open their eyes, great. It's them that need the reality check, nobody else. Actually, I was singing God Save the King because I'm British. You got a problem with that? I got to find the audio for this. We might run that tomorrow. Obviously, England won the game 3-1. Phil Foden, who's... uh, not a 10 in the eyes of Garrett Southgate. Jude Bellingham and Harry Kane scored. So, Ali McCoist, when it was being put to him that he was being too pro-English, he says, I'm British, you got a problem with that. A former Scotland striker said it was totally out of order. <laughs> and, you, and you guys are like, well, yeah, it's kind of the point. Gaff sees the disrespect was intended, so good. Ricky, that's the point. It should be disrespectful. And I mean, you're talking, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of years of anger and disrespect and all of this. All of this. I mean, that is not a surprise. You know, being, you know, it's like like the old Benny Hill sketch where, you you know, you get tapped on the top of the head or on the back of the head, you know, England to Scotland, you know, the little brother bit. And uh, you're going to do what the older brother wants to say. But, yeah, when Jared comes in the next time, I want him to kind of explain. So we might end up going back to this topic to get the, the social and political ramifications. 
But yeah, so yeah, Allie McCoy blasting Scottish fans for yelling God's uh, for drowning out God save the king. Oh, well, football. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, that, so you had that yesterday. And in addition to that, before the match even started, after the match, the, the goal that was scored by Scotland was an own goal. And I mean, even before the match started, if you had said, if you had said, "Okay, Scotland's going to score and it's going to be an own goal," who do you think you would have that you would have picked to score that own goal? Yep, Harry Maguire. So sure enough, people are ishing all over Harry Maguire for yet another moment. And so Gareth Southgate after the match. He hit out at the media's ridiculous treatment of Harry Maguire. 150th anniversary fixture, by the way. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Came on as a substitute at the half. Soon heard his every touch being mocked by the home fans. Of course, he's an easy target. McGuire falling out of favorite Manchester United hasn't started a game for the club this season, but he does want to fight for a spot. Looked rusty when he turned Andy Robertson. This is from our friends at the Guardian. Looked rusty when he turned Andy Robertson's cross into his own net. While the error raised further questions over McGuire's place as an England starter, Southgate's anger was clear as he praised the 30-year-old's resilience, claimed the discourse around him has become a joke. Southgate, quote, From a Scotland's fan point of view, I get it. I have no absolutely no complaints with what they did. It's a consequence of ridiculous treatment of him for a long period of time, frankly, and I think it's our fans recognized, okay, there might be a bit of heat from our own supporters, but we're not going to have it from others getting into it. But it is a joke. I've never known a player to be treated the way he is. Not from the Scottish fans, by our own commentators, pundits, whatever it is, they've created something that is beyond anything I've ever seen. He's been an absolute stalwart for us in the second most successful English team for decades. He's been an absolutely key part of that. I've talked about the importance of our senior players. He's been crucial amongst that. And every time he goes on the field, the resilience he shows, the balls he shows, here at Southgate using that word, is absolutely incredible. So he's a top player and we're all with him. Our fans were brilliant with him tonight. I feel fairly strongly about it. Southgate has been loyal to McGuire and had no concerns over the defender's mental state. 
he's good. He's great. We've had a good win, and he was a big part of that. He's fronted up as he always does, which is enormous credit to his character. More threats to uh, McGuire's place with Lewis Dunk, Mark Gahey. Gahey started against Ukraine, had a knock at the half. He was pulled out. Southgate didn't get into whether Maguire's own goal was a consequence of his lack of action and playing time with Manchester United. He goes, it's just unfortunate. I've said enough on it. I have to say I was also really pleased with Lewis. Thought he had an excellent game. Mark's had really two good games for us as well. He needs to look back at Maguire's part in the goal. Happier talking about Jude Bellingham, Phil Foden. That kind of stuff. So Garrett Southgate's had it with your Harry Maguire uh, ishing. You got that. Uh, morning, let's see. Morning, Rich Ransom. And Rich uh, being the... Uh, <laughs> uh, being the intrepid producer of social media that he is. Okay. Um, I don't... I, this is this is truly a Northeast thing. And it... Well, actually, it might be this half of the country, frankly. Uh, you probably see some folks here in the South do it too with their favorite college team. But uh, Rich letting us know that, uh, first off, Danilo Cavalcante was captured after two weeks on the run. He was captured this morning. And apparently Cavalcante was captured wearing a Philadelphia Eagles sweatshirt. Very, very, that is a, that is a very, very, uh, Sports environmenty non-surprise for a polysyllabic description. That's just a lot of words for you and me. I, I could see those folks who are uh, on the run for one reason or another. Definitely in the Northeast, I could see them wearing stuff from their favorite team or the team closest to where you are on the run. And in the Southeast Conference, I could definitely, see, you know, ACC, not so much. But the Southeastern Conference, definitely I could. You know, if you had this, the same kind of situation where you have someone who's on the run and they have no fear of their, I mean, no, no fear of their surroundings or what have you and doing what they're doing, yeah, I could see somebody, you know, wearing a Southeastern Conference uh, piece of clothing like this. But yes, uh, Rich Ransom doing the public service of letting us know that Danilo Cavalcante was captured and he was captured wearing a Philadelphia Eagles sweatshirt. Uh, you can't... Uh... NFL is everywhere. Southeastern Conference is everywhere, too. So there it is. Uh, that's your opening kickoff. And I know that you guys are getting into a rather large discussion about uh, anthems and playing anthems and things like that. So the, the question, once again, the Wall Pass Wednesday question that was posed by BAM, top three anthems, top three national anthems. See, pinning me down to three is going to be difficult because Canada, Scotland, Italy, New Zealand, the U.S., uh, that's what, five? So I'm already, I'm already two over. So uh, for me, I'm not going to stick with three. I'll go with five, at least for the moment. U.S., Canada, Scotland, Italy, New Zealand. Those are my five. I actually 
you know, and for the longest time, because of all the time that I spent covering hockey, I actually knew the the French transition to the uh, Canadian national anthem. So, you know, when it would be sung in the arena, you know, I would sit there and go, oh, okay. So it's a, you know, like you're in, you're in Ottawa or you're in Montreal or something, and they go to the French transition. So uh, New Zealand, Italy, Scotland. So that's BAMS. BAMS is New Zealand, Italy, Scotland in no order. Yes. Rich says, any anthem where the crowd sings it super loud is my favorite. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. National anthem banged into our heads yet because it doesn't feel as strong. And I, I think I think the U.S. is the only place where the national anthem is, is, is done before every sporting event, not just, you know, international sporting events where you have, you know, countries on display, national teams and such. I think we're the only I think we're the only country that does it before every sporting event. But, you know, that's our choice. Uh, and uh, David says, unless Hendricks, Hendricks is playing it, the U.S. is meh. Ricky says Whitney Houston's rendition is the only one I care about. Um, yes. Yeah. And that's, and Ricky, you're not wrong because that one, the uh, Ricky says that's what they used for their high school soccer matches. And I still hear it a lot. Still hear it at high school football games. If it's not the band, if it's like a smaller, if the band isn't a large number of folks, sometimes at other sporting events inside high schools, you'll hear the Whitney Houston version, those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, most of the time, most of the time at uh, on high school games, it's the high school band. If it's a football game, if it's a smaller sport or an indoor sport, then you, it's the Whitney Houston version. That's the one that I end up hearing the most. Yes, Marvin Gaye, NBA All-Star Game. Well done. Uh, tradition and Bam, Bam, you're not the only one. Bam says, all I really care about with the U.S. National Anthem is the over-underline to bet on for the Super Bowl. Traditionally, what does it come in at? About 220? Two minutes and 20 seconds. The boss, when she does the anthem, as a rule, she is. She has always maintained it ain't about me. It's about the song. And she has done non-revenue sports in college. She's done the stripers. She's done uh, the twos. With her, it's about the anthem. It is not about her. So her goal is about a minute 28 to a minute 35. Get in, get out, I'm done. It ain't about me. I know traditionally for the Roman numeral classic, it's in there at about 220 for your over-under. I think in recent years, it's gotten closer to two minutes. So if you can get anything over 210 for your total, then uh, you're right there on the number, like 218, I think, has been, been the over-under recently. So, but no, when the boss does it, minute 28 to a minute 35, she ain't messing around. But no, I've seen two, I've seen 220, I've seen all these kinds of things, especially Roman numeral classic stuff. And Ricky says, that's the thing about the anthem. If we're all supposed to be shades of America, make the anthem your own. Yeah. Have your, have your own rhythm, have your own take on it. 
all of that. I'm right there with you. But like I said, I, I am, though, have your own take. But like I said, most of the time for me, get in, get out. Song's the song, minute 28 to minute 35. Uh, so I guess this is, like I said, this is our question for the morning. Question for the morning from Bam on a uh, on a wall pass Wednesday. Top three anthems. Top three national anthems. Oh, we have a Pogba update. Do I even dare want to know? From our friends at uh, the four letter. Admitted to Juve, he took some food supplements not knowing they contained testosterone that led to his positive drug test and provisional four-year ban, according to a source telling Julian Lorenz, who is a reporter of the football for ESPN, BT, RMC, Five Live, you name it. Julian Lorenz. Told by a source, Paul Pogba admitted to Juve he took some food supplements not knowing they contained testosterone that led to his positive drug test and provisional ban. Okay, I'd like to know how that goes down. As you know, it's like, okay, here's a food supplement, and here, have this. What is a food supplement anyway? What is a food supplement? I'd love to know what a food supplement is in quotation marks. And Rich, to your point, Rich says he spoke to the anthem singer for the union once the team wanted to do a flyer, a flyover, and they had to try and sing and time it for the flyover. And that is the difficult part. If you've got a flyover, in a situation like that, that is no dilly, no dally, because they're timing the aircraft, and they can guess basically – you know, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds in each section. And so, okay, you know, you can time it out to where if you're, you know, minute and a half away. You're not messing around. All right, we're going to get through it. Time yourself out to a minute and a half back, back time, fly over, home of the brave, you know. So think of, think of it that way and time it out to a minute 35. That is definitely not one where you're going to be taking much liberty. But yeah, next definitely it was a my bad. Yeah, food supplements, sure. Okay. Uh New England. It's damn crazy. New England is damn crazy. I don't care what anybody says. So Tom Boger, Tommy Scoops, came up with a timeline yesterday. And the news dump that happened last night. Literally, press release comes out, bang, and we'll get into the press release in a bit because there's some interesting parts of this. So yesterday morning, 8.40, there's a team meeting with the players, President Brian Bolello and HR, to ask questions about the Bruce Arena situation. An hour later, Unsatisfied with their time with team president Brian Bolello, players requested and were granted time with the entire coaching staff. Two hours later, 1140. Players apparently are still unsatisfied with the lack of information and Richie Williams. 1230. 
The press conference with Richie Williams that was supposed to start at noon does start finally. Carlos Hill, who was supposed to be there, no longer can join us today. And then after the, the press opportunity, senior players meet with the TD Cardinalfo about Richie Williams. A little after 3 o'clock is when the story comes out about from the athletic about players not trusting Richie Williams, future being in doubt, the issues between Williams, assistant Shawry Joseph and Dave Vandenberg. And then last night, 745. New England announces Clint P.A. is taking over as the new interim manager, the new interim interim manager. Shawry Joseph, Dave Vandenberg depart the club immediately. Richie Williams' status to be determined, and it was disclosed later in the evening that he was still with the club. That he was still with the club. Because the players refused to train. They were like, nope. We don't like we don't like the information that we're not getting for a double negative. So we ain't training. So you have Bruce Arena resigning in, the, in a news dump at the end of the Revolution match against the the Loons. Literally, as the game is ending, is when you see this press release come out from Bruce Arena. Placed on administrative leave August first. We mentioned that the that the MLS said in a neighboring statement, investigation confirmed some allegations, didn't go into specifics. So Monday afternoon, players get an email written by Brian Bellello, the team president. Mandatory meeting early on Tuesday morning before the scheduled uh, before the scheduled training session. Says I'll be addressing what's transpired at the club, giving this group a chance to ask questions. Players wanted more information about the investigation. Didn't get the information they were looking for. Meeting with the coaches after the initial meeting with Bolello lasts about two hours. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In that meeting, Richie Williams asked about his alleged involvement in the investigation. Williams told the players he's unable to comment. 
unable to comment. Cardinalfo, who once Arena resigned, became interim sporting director. He was the number two, and then he became interim sporting director. Then meets with a number of senior Revs players to discuss concerns around Williams and him continuing to lead the club. Analfo, according to sources, once again, this is from our friends at The Athletic, advocated for Williams but also told players their input would be key in determining Williams' future. One Revs player tells The Athletic, quote, not many guys trust Richie leading the team right now. That's probably underselling it a bit. Sources also said that uh, Showery Joseph, Dave Vandenberg, did not participate in training on multiple occasions since Williams took over as interim head coach. Revs didn't comment on that. Later on Tuesday, the Revs named Clint P.A. as their interim coach. He had been the head coach of Revs 2. In a press conference on Tuesday afternoon, Williams framed his team's absence from a training as a collective decision. Knicks were getting to that. Williams said, we didn't have training today as we had a bunch of meetings between players, coaches, and management. The length of the meetings and what was discussed, we decided as a group collectively that we wouldn't have training today. We'd be out tomorrow. Williams said on Tuesday in a press conference he was unaware Arena had resigned until the night it was announced. Carlos Heal is supposed to address the team, uh, address the media this week since he did not address the media in the press opportunity yesterday. Once again, from our friends at The Athletic, several members of the coaching staff, including Joseph and Vandenberg, had publicly expressed their support for Arena, neither under contract for 24. And according to sources within the club, neither were expected to return after the season ends. Williams and Joseph, sources said, have clashed repeatedly with the two having to be physically separated on one occasion last season. Yeah, just in terms of the staff, Williams said on Tuesday when asked about his relationship with Joseph and Vandenberg, with me personally as the interim head coach, they've asked me to take over, to be the coach until the end of the season, hopefully into the playoffs, into a championship, and that's obviously what I'm going to be doing going moving forward. And again, it's been a very good response over the last six weeks from the players and with results-wise maintaining our second place in the standings. So that's your Tuesday. Late last week, remember, complaints were filed by Richie Williams as a part of the investigation into the conduct of Bruce Arena. Eight sources, including team employees, told The Athletic. And then once again, Bruce Arena positioned, uh, resigned. Williams had been coaching once again due to an MLS commissioned investigation into alleged inappropriate and insensitive remarks that he made. Sources familiar with the investigation said some questions asked by investigators centered around comments Arena allegedly made behind closed doors and to his coaching staff. Arena, remember, placed on administrative leave back on August 1st. We talked about Williams and Anolfo's history with Bruce. Anolfo's history going back to the 90s. D.C. United LAG men's national team.
Players and staff not initially given specifics of the terms of why Arena was under investigation. Allegations have yet to be publicized. Removed for the team. And this is what this is the interesting part. He'll be gone for a bit. Players told that Arena would be gone for a bit, in quotation marks, with no explanation. And you had the investigation by the league, working with Proskauer Rose, the law firm, interviewing coaches, staff, and players. And as of Friday before the news dump, they didn't know what Bruce Arena's future was. So they refused to train. Richie Williams was like, um, yeah, it was a team decision. Players were like, no, nah, we're just not training. I mean, seriously. And your information on PA, once again, Richie Williams, his future is not known. Not known. Like, we don't know. There's been no discussion about anything. No word about Richie Williams' future at all. At all. In all of this. In all of this, you've seen name here, name here, name here. In the statement from the Revs last night, when they announced Clint P.A., see if you can determine what's missing. The New England Revolution today announced several personnel changes to the club's coaching staff. Clint P.A., head coach of Revolution 2, will serve as interim head coach of the Revolution, effective immediately. Marcelo Santos, assistant coach of Revolution 2, will also join the staff as assistant coach. In addition, the Revolution have parted ways with assistant coaches Dave Vandenberg and Showery Joseph. Then you get into a a paragraph about Clint P.A. and a paragraph about Marcelo Santos. What's missing there? No mention of Richie Williams whatsoever. Just that Clint P.A. is taking over. He's the new interim. No mention of Clint P. uh, No mention of Richie Williams at all. Just, hey, Clint P.A. is going to be the new interim. His number two is also coming up. The two assistant coaches that were there as a part of the previous administration, they're gone. No mention of Richie Williams whatsoever. None. And just for uh, just for the uh, Information going forward. Here's the, the, the opening statement. Here's the, the statements. This is transcribed, once again, the, the revolution yesterday when Richie Williams came to came to the to the dais finally. Didn't have training today, bunch of meetings, internal meetings. With the length of meetings, what was discussed, we decided as a group collectively that we wouldn't have training today, we'll be out tomorrow. Players were like, no. Players, uh, if you go through other sources and other places, that's refuted. Then it goes into, on the coaching staff, uniting to move forward, Williams. 
Yeah, just in terms of the staff, again, with me personally, is the, this is before the decision was made to bring in Clint P.A. With me personally as the interim coach, they've asked me to take over, to be the coach until the end of the season, hopefully into the playoffs, into a championship. That's obviously what I'm going to be doing moving forward. And again, it's been a very good response over the last six weeks from the players with results-wise and maintaining our second-place standing in the league. On his emotions when Bruce Arena resigned. Quote, as I said, look, I wish I could say more, but again, I'm going to have to refer you to the league on anything regarding the investigation. On his emotions when Bruce Arena resigned, Richie Williams says, as I said, look, I wish I could say more, but again, I'm going to have to refer you to the league on anything regarding the investigation. That should tell you some things. on when he found out about Bruce Arena's resignation and how he plans to navigate distractions for the rest of the season. So we learned about it after the game, basically, and then again, in terms of distractions, you know we try to limit, obviously, the distractions among the group. We work together to collectively come together and do our best moving forward, playing well and competing on the field. On if his involvement in the investigation of Bruce Arena will affect his ability to coach the team. Listen, I understand why you're asking the question. But I've said everything I'm going to say on the subject already. And again, I'd have to refer you to the league, end quote. On today's team meetings, Williams, quote. So basically, we had these meetings because we've had a lot going on, as you guys can imagine, over the last six weeks and obviously with the announcement on Saturday. So it was basically the first time we've been back together since the game on Saturday night. So, again, we felt it was best to collectively come together and meet as coaches and players and management and discuss things that needed to be discussed, and then we move forward. But twice in this press conference yesterday with Richie Williams, on his emotions regarding player staff support for Bruce Arena, it was led, the first mention, by the director of comms, Leading into it, director of comms told the assembled press, Richie Williams can't get into any further details. So on three separate questions in this press conference, I can't get into any further details, any questions regarding the investigation. I have to refer to the league. On his emotions when Bruce Arena resigned, I'm going to have to refer you to the league on anything regarding the investigation. On Richie Williams' emotions, I wish I could say more, but again, I'm going to have to refer you to the league on anything regarding the investigation. On his emotions, he says that. on his involvement in the investigation and if that will affect his ability to coach the team. It obviously ended up doing so several hours later. But I've said everything I'm going to say on the subject already. And again, I'd have to refer you to the league. (sighs) Three separate times in the press conference yesterday. That is what he says. I'm going to have to refer you to the league. 
you know, you can kind of intimate some things. And if he is a whistleblower, then you've got to take that into account into all of this. So hold that in your hip pocket as we go forward in all of this stuff. And just as a quick reminder, Saturday now in Colorado, it will be Chris Little, interim head coach of the Colorado Rapids, against Clint P.A., technically the interim of the interim, when the Revs take on the uh, the Rapids. And at 1 o'clock, I want to say, you will have Brian Bellello and Kurt Analfo meeting the press to discuss everything. It is the battle of the interims. It is the battle of the interims. That is without question. Brian Bellello and Kurt Analfo, one o'clock. One o'clock training opening to uh, the uh, media at 10.45. Malello and Anolfo at 1 o'clock. It will probably be one of the most highly attended virtually slash uh, in-person press conferences that they've had. Standard media availabilities kick back in. Thursday, but today, training at 1045, 1 o'clock, Ryan Bellello and Kurt Analfo. So we'll keep an eye on all of this. But that's where we are. No word on Richie Williams, no word on his position, on his activities. I guess he he exists in name only. But at 1 o'clock, we will find out what's going on, at least from the perspective of Brian Bellello and Kurt Analfo, the front office in place with the New England Revolution. But, yeah, if you thought that things couldn't get any more weird, out of place, if you you didn't have any of this on the – the job replacement bingo card or your MLS bingo card, you got it. Comes out that, yeah, yeah, we decided not to practice. Players are like, well, no, in a separate published piece. So, yeah, keep an eye on 1 o'clock and what's uh, what the words are with uh, Brian Bellello and Cardinalfo. So, hi, was your Tuesday? <laughs> Yeah, how was your Tuesday? Yes, definitely as the revolution turns, Ricky, without question. A A T R T as the as the revolution turn. Uh and, and yeah, you guys are make and uh 
uh, you guys are making some you know great points in here. Rich Ransom, how's the team second still a threat in the playoffs? Focusing on themselves. If you, yeah, I mean, we've seen it with our favorite teams or with teams that we really hate that make good playoff runs. If there's all of this chaos that's going on around you, the professionalism that you exhibit by isolating yourself from all the noise, focusing on your task, but now that you have an interim to your interim, and Clint P.A., yes, he knows the system, and he knows a lot of the younger guys. Um, the uh, the practice time, the getting acquainted with what Clint P.A. is is looking to accomplish. It will be this this week will be interesting before uh, they hit the road. But the fact that they're also playing Colorado is a benefit to them. If it was a if it was another team. If it was another team, then it might be a little odd, different, what have you. But mm, that's where we are with New England. But, yeah, they've done a fantastic job, meaning the players, not the front office or staffs or anything. Players have done a fantastic job of focusing on the task at hand isolating themselves from all the noise, but how long can they continue to do it? Because they ain't playing Colorado every week. And we'll keep an eye on that. Knicks, yep. We thought there was drama when someone else Compoyo got dumped. Yeah. Yep, Nick says it's not official. I can't see it to say any way that he stays with the organization. Yeah, Carlos Heal, definitely a part of it. Uh, Nick says, I know the Rev supporters have called for a supporters council to include Don Garber and Robert Kraft. I don't see that happening. Uh, David, if he is an innocent whistleblower, maybe the Rev's hands are tied. If they cannot uh, do anything but the players hate him slash revolt, the Revs are stuck. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Ricky, his emotions are in the investigation. His emotions are in the investigation. Yes, that says a lot. Yeah, what are your emotions? I'm going to have to refer you to the investigation. And I can't say anything because of that. If that isn't legalese, I don't know what is or isn't. Legitimately. If it's not, then I I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing for you. Hiding behind the legal ease of a story. That's where we are. At least at the moment, anyway, before we get more details. We get more details about more details about stuff. Apparently, Jurgen Klopp is not going to be taking the Germany gig. The agent, Jurgen Klopp's agent, has confirmed Liverpool boss will not become the next manager, taking over for Hansi Flick. Uh, three paragraphs from the head of the day of Bay, President Bernd Neuendorf. Four paragraphs, Klopp signed a new contract uh, through the summer of 26. His agent, Mark Kosicki, confirming he's going nowhere. 
Kosicki telling Sports Shall, Jurgen has a long-term contract not available for the national coaching position. End quote. Nogglesman is still the favorite. Julian Nogglesman is still the favorite for the gig to take over for uh, Hansi Flick. So we have that this morning. Uh, before we get to the top of the hour, we'll go ahead and read the promo. And Jared is set to join us in hour number two, uh, anticipating Dylan Butler and anticipating uh, Bar Keeler at 1030 to go over USMNT, USWNT. We're, we're pushing all of that discussion back to 1030 for the final half hour of the show. Bart is somewhere on this planet, and we're supposed to guess where Bart is. So maybe we'll figure that out for hour number two. But yes, investigations. My investigations are, my emotions are in the investigation. <laughs> Alex Pacine, uh, did a cock crow after each deflection. Yes, it is a loser. It is a loser leave team match. And Ricky's trying to come up with the appropriate soap opera titles. Days of our revs as the revs turn. Nick said Miles looked good last night. Like I said, we'll get into that at 1030. All your USMNT stuff. 10.30, the shutout went over Oman. Saw the picture of Joseph and Miggy swapping swapping uh, jerseys. Klinsman losing to Saudi Arabia, what a shock. I mean, this guy, this guy wins the meeting room. And that's the only thing he wins these days. I mean, South Korea, I'm just waiting for him to sit there and go, fam, there's the door. Jurgen Klinsman wins Oh, they won. Okay. Well, still. Uh, but, yes, where in the world is Bart? We're keeping an eye on that. But still, we talk about Jurgen Klinsmann, seriously. Jurgen Klinsmann um, wins, the, wins the meeting room, doesn't win much else. And that's not a surprise. Uh, since it is the top of the hour, time to read a promo before Jarrett joins us and before we dive into the other things here uh, for hour number two. That's loud. That's where it needs to be. SDH brought to us by our friends at Eliminize Service. QR code over my left shoulder for those of you who are watching in a video form on Twitch, on Twitter, or on Facebook. Deodorizing in closed spaces like houses, apartments, and condos, they've created a customized solution that eliminizes all organic odors including those like pets, cigarettes, and food. Realtors and property managers use Eliminize service to eliminate bad odors to help them sell or rent their homes that much faster. Eliminize offers a turnkey process. Like I said, I have no idea what that means. I have friends who are real estate agents. I probably should ask them. But it sounds cool. It sounds okay. It sounds like it works. It makes it easy to work with realtors and property managers. If that's, if that's a, an easy and cool thing for realtors to do, then more power to them. Kind of the environment, we like that. Offering a green way to get rid of odors without any kind of toxic residue whatsoever. Different than Febreze or our favorite masking agents that we have either under the sink or above us in the cupboard. Because when you reach under the sink or above you in the cupboard and pull out that masking agent, you spray the masking agent in the air. There's a reason it's called a masking agent. Because it just masks the odor. It does not attack the problem like our friends at Eliminize Service do with their proven scientific formula. Pricing, very, very easy. Either one of two ways. Either buy the cubic footer parts per million to come up with a price that's affordable for you, offering results in 24 hours or less. If you have any questions frequently asked or otherwise, go to the website, 
lemonize.com but this is where i grab my pen and ask you to uh ask you to uh do a favor for us after the dot com go slash atlanta so they know what part of the world that you are addressing them from to finish a sentence in a preposition so they can help you with your issues so i don't finish a sentence in a preposition Full homework assignment, E-L-I-M-I-N-I-Z-E dot com slash Atlanta, Eliminize dot com slash Atlanta, Eliminize service for odor-free, clean, fresh air, Eliminize service, proud sponsors of everything SDH five days a week here on The Morning Show. So we're getting ready for games this weekend. Reminder, 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 start your tailgating day with us at Hard Rock, uh, Reaver by Hard, uh, by Hard Rock. I know it's a bit of an early start. 11 a.m. from 11 to noon. 11 to noon. SDH will be doing the pregame kickoff. Discussing some dude named Messi. Who actually does have a relationship with the Hard Rock. If you go into Reverb, you'll see that he's wearing like Hard Rock hotel stuff. In their one of their video boards, eleven to noon. Messi and friends come to town. Opening kickoff. Live show eleven to noon. Do not miss it. Eleven to noon. We are live to start your tailgating extravaganza day with us. Come on, hang out, do your thing. And start it with us. It's not an order. It's a request. But, I mean, come on. I mean, it's a great way to start your day. It is a great way to start your day. Messi and friends, you, me, Jason, all of us at SDH at Reaver by Hard, uh, Reaver by Hard Rock. And it'll be 11 o'clock to start your tailgating day. After we're done at noon, uh, maybe get some lunch in the hotel. Then go down the hill, walk a couple of blocks, go to the uh, supporters' tailgate area, hang out there for another couple hours, come back, get ready for a game. Five o'clock, remember, 5.09 kick because it's on season pass. And there might be a few folks watching. And, and I don't know if uh, if this dude will be watching. 5.09 on a Saturday afternoon, he might actually have stuff to do with family, you know, before all of the games and before he has to actually work. Dylan Butler joining us to start uh, our number two is we're trying to come up with the soap opera title for what's going on to your Northeast in New England. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one. Uh, well, it's not the like what's the opposite of Viva La Revolution? Uh, oh, that's a good question. What, that could be it. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, what, whatever the the downside of uh, of a, a revolution is, yeah, that would be, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's actually it's very um oh man uh, dream it's it's very dream team esque. Okay, back from remember uh, we've spoken before. Um, it's uh. It's a former, what was it? Was it a Sky show that back in the day, man, like when Max Bredos was doing games for Fox Soccer Channel, they needed content. So they put this show on and I just, I loved it, man. Like it was, uh, 
uh, Hartchester United was the was the fake team, uh, and they had everything. They had uh, uh, teammates killing teammates, and, and oh! they, had a, they had a match. They they made it to the FA Cup. And uh, again, sorry sorry for the spoilers. If anybody's out there just wanting to check out Dream Team, but like they had a bus explosion at Wembley and uh, uh, all kinds of uh, hardship. Uh, owners change of ownerships and um people sleeping with people's wives like it was uh it was everything that you would dream up a sky football soap opera e thing was so that was that was dream team <clears throat> in uh uh check it out if you get a chance i don't get when you do a search for it obviously you know you're gonna find a lot of basketball stuff right yeah go, go dream team do a search of Dream Team, Hartchester United, Sky Sports, I guess, or Sky, whatever it was on Sky then. Okay. Um, and you'll enjoy it. <clears throat> so it's kind of like Playmakers if Sky did it. Yes. Yes. And so for those uh, for those of us of a certain age, uh, Playmakers was ESPN's attempt to try and do uh, dramatic, episodic, over-the-top programming while they were a rights holder of the National Football League. <laughs> and it didn't quite go over well because uh, it, was, it was a little too close to home in some aspects of it. And they had betting scandals. Uh -huh. uh, there's so many things that uh, in, in the multiple seasons. Uh-huh. And uh, it was very Bam, good. I liked it a lot. Bam has done a public service for us and has found the IMDb page. Oh, nice. And so it it is there. So your pub, your public service announcement for uh, Hartchester United is right there. The IMDb page. It is in the Twitch pitch. Uh, they, they used to play at the Dragon's Lair. Oh wow! <laughs> that, that's well. I mean, hey, Rexham might pick that up in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, Tafka says Twelve Revolution or a David has a Muerto de la <laughs> Muerto de los Revolucion. Yes, yes, Tafka. It was a playmakers reference. The NFL can, yes, they did force it. The game on Paramount Plus is basically that. But Muerto de los Revolucion. Um, and the point was made by some of our, 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 our folks in the Twitch pitch that you've got to give the Revs players a boatload of credit with all of this ish swimming around them for the last six weeks, and they're still number two in the East. For now, yeah. I mean, Just, there's, there's teams that are hot on their, ta on their, on their tails, right? Columbus yes. and Orlando. Um, so we'll see how long they can keep that up for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was uh, <clears throat> seemingly a player. Uh, it was a, it was a revolution among the revolution players, right? A player revolt. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, uh -huh. I don't know where to begin with it. I, my question here is why have a press conference with Richie Williams, I guess, seemingly after all this went down, mm -hmm. obviously he can't answer actual questions, right? So everything was like, oh, we got to refer back to the league, refer back to the league. And then like hours later, announce a, a change, like just cancel a press conference. Mm, three times he says what's your emotion about bruce arena's dismissal i'm gonna have to refer you to the investigation what 
Do you know Bruce Arena? Yeah, I'm gonna have to refer you to them. Basically, that's what it was. <laughs> I was I was on it, I know. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh my gosh. Are you going to be on the one o'clock today with uh, Bilal uh, and an alpha? Maybe. Uh, I'm, we got to see. <laughs> but for Richie Williams, for three times to reference the investigation. Uh, Richie, what'd you have for lunch uh, in the in the uh, in, in the in the club in the club cafeteria and the commissary? I'm gonna have to refer you to the investigation. I mean, that's literally how ludicrous it was. Yeah. The and, Duncan there in Patriot Place. How do you like your coffee? Uh, I'm gonna have to refer you to the league on that one. Yes, I mean, and and it's just and where uh, Richie Williams said literally it was a player revolt. It's like Richie Williams is like, nah, we had a lot of meetings and we decided mutually that no, we're not gonna practice. Players like, nah, fam. He's like, uh, he's like, uh, I guess there's a meme on it too, but they're like, but if you go back to na- one of the naked gun movies mm-hmm. when they're like, everything is fine. There's nothing to see here. And it's just yes. like, yeah, Frank grab it in front of the fireworks factory chaos behind him. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on. Richie Williams is Frank Drebin from police <laughs> squad. He's Leslie Nielsen's character. Yeah. Move on. Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. Fireworks factories going up. There's bombs going off everywhere. I mean, going back to the, I mean, over six weeks, we got nothing. I mean, this was about as radio silenced as radio silence could be about the investigation, what might have been said, what might not have been said, what Bruce Arena was doing, who was where the, I mean, this was, I'm, and then all of a sudden you get a news dump at the end of the Minnesota-New England game itself. Yeah. Just after Dane St. Clair set up uh, Fragapani for the assist. Um, yeah. You get that. And then, a po- and then a canceled post-game press conference. So you're like, wait a minute. They're canceling the press conference. And then secondly, you're like, well, you know what? If they have the presence of mind to cancel that then, which who knew you could do that in a post-match, um, you, you would have figured they already set precedent. Why not cancel yesterday's but. Uh, throw, throw poor Richie in there to not answer anything. To refer to the investigation. And, and I mean, now, I, I don't know. Do you have more questions than answers, even with everything that's gone on over the last couple of days since the Saturday news dump? Uh, yeah, I mean, because nothing's been answered, right? <clears throat> and now, and we don't even know, we don't even know Richie Williams' status. The press... Yeah, yeah. I, we go through the press release yesterday where they announced at 745 that Clint PA was taking over and there's no mention of Richie Williams at all. None. 
yeah, I think purposefully vague, which I think might be an album cover, a title from Pink Floyd back in the day. Purposefully but, vague. Yeah, that's that's what that um, press release was. Does and this is what a lot of folks were also saying too. This somewhat and, and once again, there's no evidence to show any of this. But this Which was the B side of Comfortably Numb, by the way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Purposefully vague. Yes. This lines itself up to possibly, and like I said, we, we have no evidence to this yet, but with what Williams, with, with what he said yesterday, no mention of him as Clint P.A. was promoted to be the new substitute teacher, <laughs> yes. that this might be whistleblower protection here. Since he has not been dismissed, he has not been reassigned, there has been no official word of where where he's going. I mean, he could be the ticket taker at Toby Keats, for all we know, a, a restaurant that no longer exists. Yes. It, we're just going to put him all the way over here in the mall. It's like, dude, just... Or is that that CBS Sports Zone, right? Is that what it's called? CBS Sports Zone? I'll take your word for it. It's, it's been, been a while since I've been to, to Fox. Yeah, Park. yeah. But yeah, I mean, literally, they're going to put him over here. It's like, you know, dude, just go and like take tickets or do something like, you know, we have the Renaissance uh, Hotel uh, welcoming people in. Yes, it, in in, but he can't do it. I don't think he can do it in his revs, uh, his revs uh, warm up <laughs> suit though. It's literally suit and tie. He's there at the front. Welcome to the Renaissance. Don't you look like? Nope, I'm gonna have to refer you to the investigation. <laughs> uh, but I mean, this is just, I mean, oh. And uh, and and as you said, the remarkable thing about this whole thing is is they're they're not the Rapids, right? No. Like they're not, but they're playing the Rapids this weekend. Wow! And so, by the way, that has to be if you are part of the revolution, that's about as amazing and perfect a, a, a road trip to make. Yep. Let us get as far away from here as possible. Let's play the worst team in the league. <laughs> like, uh, let's uh, let's deflect away from from this. Mm -hmm. And you get to do it with the rabid prairie dogs and the worst team in the league chasing after the wooden spoon. Yes, in in a conference that is chaos in and of itself. Where do you stand? Has your stance changed on Messi and friends about making the playoffs or making a run? Because right now they're only six points out. Uh, I don't know. Did I have a definitive stance? I probably did, and it probably was. Have, we're gonna have to refer you to the investigation, Dylan. Yeah, right. Again, I speak to the league about that. Yes, we'll speak to the league about your thoughts. But I mean, so yeah, I mean, I must have right away at the beginning. Um, I think my rationale was probably along the lines of everybody else. Um, you know, they can maybe make a run at something in the league's cup. Um, but really they're aiming towards next year. Mm -hmm. um, and even you said uh, at one point, you know, winning league's cup, do you now punt on the, on the, on the league, right? Yeah. They have open cup as well to play for. And, and yet they are not, man. They are, um, they are full steam ahead. It's that Acela train running through um, the Northeast or up or through, through the Eastern conference, I should say. Um and yeah, now with everybody else's struggles all around them, uh, 
And with all these six pointers in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think they're making the playoffs. And you know, in the words of uh, Giorgio Chiellini, you know, I wouldn't want to be that first or second team uh, because they're coming for you. Because let's let's say let, let's just say well, let's say that right now. The 8-9, and there's some space, because right now, Miami would have to make up 12 points in eight matches to get to the seven. And they started out needing uh, 12. 12 points in 12 matches. Yeah. So now it is six It is six points in eight matches to get well, They have in, a couple in hand, in hand, too. Sorry. Yeah, they got 26. They played 26. Those around them, short of Charlotte, because of the postponement with Charlotte, which will be their home and home to finish the season. 26 matches played, so they've got eight to go. Red Bulls have played 27. NYC have played 28. Charlotte, once again, because of the matches in hand, they've also played 26. Chicago's played 27. DC's played 28. And Montreal's played 27. So as of right now, how things stand, Miami is six out of the playoffs, two matches in hand on DC. Yeah, That's to get in. Then to get the eight, which would mean that you would have a home game in that eight-nine play-in, seven points, match in hand with Montreal. You're that eight-nine. If they get in, you're the eight-nine. What is Cincinnati thinking right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> a problem. I mean. I mean, and then, uh, but obviously, you're going to have to do you're going to have to do things on the road every single step. You get in, obviously, you're the eight nine. You win the eight nine. You're playing the one, and I don't think they reassign, do they? I mean, you'd be would you play would you, would you play you play the four five, wouldn't you? As the eight nine, you wouldn't play the highest remaining seed, or you play the highest remaining seed. I think the eight nine plays the highest. Okay, so then literally, what you would end up doing is you'd end up playing this murderer's row of Cincy, New England, and, you know, Orlando or Philly as your three in the playoffs. Yeah. If you get in. And and I, I right now, I don't think anybody's sitting there putting any kind of a doubt. Okay, no reseeding. Right. And five teams against sub-playoff line teams in the East. It, so they would play the 4-5, Ricky? Okay. So they would get the 4-5 out of the blocks. So you win the eight nine, you win the one, and then you play the four five. Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't. Um, That's on me. Like I, I thought you were saying out of the eight nine, they played a four five. No, yes, yep. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, literally, if 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 you're Cincinnati right now, man, you're sitting there thinking you are praying, you are praying. Oh, and by the way, you're Cincinnati, the Shield winners who. Obviously, last year LAFC did did it differently, but uh, you you generally don't <laughs> you don't do well in the playoffs. No, no, you do not. But uh, I mean, that's been some. Yeah, just thinking about this now, it's like, yeah, no, they're twelve points back with twelve to play. I don't know about this. Nah, I don't know. You win, you win a couple, then you know, I'm, I'm literally I'm playing everything in my head back all over again. And now we're six points out. Wayne Rooney might be going to Birmingham City. Can they uh, host the Galaxy in the uh, oh. 
MLS Cup. Oh. They'd have more points, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. Uh, but yeah, you know, we I think we need to to change the the playoff format. But that's just me. Instead of getting into play the four or five, if you beat the one, you play the highest remaining seed. That's that's just that's me. Like I said, that's just me. Uh, when you're going into this weekend, we mentioned weekend, by the way, we mentioned the Prairie Dogs and, and uh, our friends uh, in, in uh, New even England. that has you interested. Like yeah. this is a crazy week. Uh huh. I mean, that's it, usually a throwaway match. You've got all right. So let's see. You've got Hudson River. You've got death matches. Yes, you've got you've got Hudson River to start things off. You've got the old school, John. You got the old school wrestling um, for the contract uh, matches, right? Like, yeah. uh, winner, winner, uh, loser goes goes uh, leaves town. Loser leave town match. Yeah, between the Red Bulls and NYCFC, loser no. out of the playoffs. No doubt. Uh, you've got Messi and friends here in Atlanta. They've opened it up to seventy thousand, and they'll all be there. Trust me. Uh, Orlando and Columbus, Philly, Cincinnati. So it's oh, like Columbus is great too. Cincy, Philly is fantastic too. Because because you have the the touchline staring at each other, <laughs> and and it's like the the number two going up against the old number one, and that that is going. You want to talk about you want to talk about a a Boston street fight. Philly and Cincinnati at Subaru Park is going to be a Boston street fight, or it's going is to be- that is that how is that the title of the of the thing the Boston street fight? Yeah, really. I think I think so. I mean, because in the old days when uh, those of us of a certain age, uh, you know, instead of calling them hardcore matches where you bring anything that you want to the ring and uh, whatever, you know, it was either a Texas bull rope, a Texas bull rope match where. Uh, I always found it so amazing. They just they just happen to find these things. Like oh, absolutely. Like did they have security checking beforehand? Like they don't they don't know all these these objects are below the you know what one stuck in the uh, what was the thing at the end of the uh, that you slam your head into inside the the turnbuckle? Yeah, the turnbuckle. Yeah, you got stuff in there, and you got Georgie Animal Steel treating it like it's uh, cotton candy. And- yeah, it's a it's a meal, you know. Uh, but yeah, Boston Street Fight used to be what we would call what we would call a hardcore match. Now, wear whatever you want to the ring, and so you'd have folks wearing you know cowboy boots and and blue jeans and you know whatever, and you could bring whatever you want to the ring, and it just turns into a mess. But yeah, you've got Philly and Cincy. Which I think, other than all the others, all the other death matches, th- I mean, this match might try to send soccer back at least two decades. Like you want here? Here's the ball. You no, you take it. I don't want the ball. The ball's got cooties. Ball. Ball's got cooties, and you just launch it long. The first team that just sits there and sends it deep and has the other team chase, and they instead of realizing, you know, just like the old Simpsons get where they're just kind of kicking the ball you know, back <laughs> and forward. I mean, you you've got that. You've got uh, El Trafico this weekend. Yes. You've got, I mean, I mean, San Jose and Salt Lake to me is sneaky sure. uh, because of RSL, what they've been able to do since they brought in Chicho Arango. So I would take the over in that one. I mean, let, let's start with let's, more interesting games in the East for sure, just because the East, I think, is more interesting anyway. Oh, but but, yeah, the, the East is chaos. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you put Houston, St. Louis is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, because if you sit there and you're looking at what Ben Olsen has done in Houston, and Jarrett has maintained that Ben Olsen will get some downstream coach of the year ballots 
for what he's done. Obviously, he won't win it, and they probably Carnell will. So you've got two dudes who are probably chasing after Coach of the Year in Major League Soccer, and St. Louis is, you know, all caps is going to have to do it on the road in a really tough place in Houston. It's chaos, man. Hell in the shell. It is. It is hell in a shell. And with the East, what is it, the top? Uh, if you take away the number one team, was it two through five could be number two in the West? Oh, yeah. And that, that just shows you where the East is with all of its chaos this year. Where what is your what is your weekend going to be like? Uh watching MLS 360. <laughs> like you can't <laughs> you've gotta you've gotta let it be the be the red zone channel for you. Like you can't uh But we still need a red zone channel though. Like it's it's gonna be that really. I can't uh now you do have that you do have the staggered times early, so you can watch Hudson River Derby, you can then watch um, Messi and friends go to the Benz. Mm -hmm. um, but then after that, yeah, no, then it's it's got to be, <laughs> you know, you, you watch the wraparound show. No doubt. I mean, two through five in the East separated by, that's four teams, separated by three points. Then you've got Atlanta at 42, Nashville at 40, and then you have the gap that you think that Messi and friends can't get to. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 12 matches to go with eight to play. 12 points back with eight to play. This the, the chaos that has been added to this bunch. Who, yeah, they're they're, they're planning for next year. <laughs> yeah, good luck on that. Um, I just when when it comes to even looking at the juice boxes in this, it's going to be an an interesting window in, in what folks think because we always think about how difficult it is for teams to win on the road in Major League Soccer, but you could have some teams this weekend in Major League Soccer, who would be your relatively prohibitive favorites. But once again, I mean, if you look at – no, I need you to load, silly. Okay. Uh, NYC is favored at home. Where are they playing this one? Are they playing it at Yankee or, or – uh... Yeah, Estadio Yankee. Okay. Uh, Atlanta's a favorite at home. Uh Orlando is a substantive favorite at home against Crew. Crew's a plus one ninety two, by the way. That's a that's a decent juice box number for the Crew on the road. Union are on the minus side, taking on FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati on the road's a plus three thirty seven. Draws a plus two eighty. Dude, there's some there's some really tempting numbers here. And by the way, El Trafico, LAFC, no surprise, a minus one seventy nine. So. I feel like uh, any juice box conversation or any any um, wagering on Major League Soccer matches needs to have that um, that like old. Um, there's not many cigarette. I don't think there's any cigarette ads anymore, right? But like again, for those of a certain age, when you had the cigarette ads out there, they would have the little disclaimer at the end. You know, uh, smoking might may cause cancer. You know, like and <laughs> so you need a Surgeon General's warning yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. It, it might be it might be hazardous to your health. Well, yeah, and so that's why we talk about it, but we don't do anything. About it. <laughs> yes, 
we it's it is it is uh obviously it's like looking at the uh uh you know you sit there and take it look like reading the three and the four letter paper overseas take the information at your own peril like playing grand theft auto like it's fun to do all those things but you're not really doing it in real life no 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 and that that's why you take your juice boxes from the back of the fridge what's your what what is your weekend with uh, varsity media writing things OSB, yeah. MLS soccer. How busy are you, sir? Yeah, pretty busy. We start tonight uh, with the Jewish holiday. The public oh, schools yes. out here are playing midweek football match, football yes. matches. I'm That's saying correct. football yeah. games. So I've got um, Sayville and Smithtown West out here in Suffolk County. So okay. that should be fun. Um, two quarterbacks who like to throw the ball a lot. So we could be there for a while. Um, yeah. Then uh, my Friday night game got moved to Saturday afternoon because of some weather delays for the team coming over here. But it's uh, it's part of uh, what is fun around these parts. It's called the Battle uh, for the Bridge. Okay. And it's New Jersey versus New York. Um, um, primarily, I think it's the it's the it's the non that's called non-public. Uh, um, in New Jersey, the Catholic schools here um, in New York. So a lot of fun matchups. The last year that was exclusively on the other side of the bridge. Uh, so it was all, it was pretty much all played at Rutgers okay. over the course of two days, but here is going to be on um, campus site. So I'll have one of those games. It'll be uh St. Joe's regional coming out from Montvale, Matt Turner's alma mater. Um, um, taking on um st anthony's um here by the way my game you could definitely appreciate this friday night um it's it's like a hot sticky night um i did a football game a high school football game the final score was uh what the hell was it 50 52 to 51 yep uh, St. Anthony's beat Cardinal Hayes 52-51 on a – so check this out. Here's a final sequence. Uh, well, not the, not the final sequence. 17 seconds left. Okay. Uh, fourth and whatever, six maybe. So St. Anthony's are losing. You've got you've to score here or the game – you know, that's it. Uh, no, I'm sorry. You can get a first down. But, you know, you've, this, your, this is by all uh, means your last play. Quarterback uh, scrambles left. He scrambles right. He he angles himself to the end zone. Gets hit at the four. Loses his helmet. Continues on his run. Dives into the end zone. Touchdown, St. Anthony's. Oh, but wait. The, the you lost the helmet. It's a dead ball at the four. Yes, yes. Which I wish I knew before that, but found out ap- after. So the dead ball now brings it back to the four. Um. You have a first and goal, but now your quarterback, who just ran it in, is out for the play. <laughs> it's out for the play. So you go wildcat with the kid going to Rutgers. He gets stopped and loses his helmet on the play. <laughs> so now he's out for the play, but your quarterback comes back into play. <laughs> he scores uh, like a two-yard touchdown, um, and now it's decision time, right? You're home. Do you go for two for the win or you go for one for the tie? They went for two for the win. And they get it, mm. uh, and and they win the game, fifty-two to fifty-one. Regional Emmy submission for Varsity Media. Please let that happen. That final half hour, <laughs> that 
game. John, I don't know about you. Like when I do the, and I, and I'm, I know I'm in, in stoppage time here, but uh, okay. I don't know about you. When you do these games, like I need to stand. Uh-huh. Oh, like, I can't sit. Like right. I, I need to stay. I got to look at my charts. I got to look at my rosters. I got to like look around. Right. That was three and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, I was exhausted. Absolutely. No, I can't sit when I'm doing play by play. I can't sit. No. No, I, I do. I do for basketball. Cause you have to, right. Yeah. Cause you're like courtside or whatever. Yeah. But, um, and baseball, if I do baseball, but yeah, like anything else I do, I got to stand football. I'm standing brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one, th- one more thing before you go at Dylan underscore Butler on the Twitters. Hutch says the bridge match is crying out for a blocking scheme named after governor Christie. <laughs> that is, that is really well done. I can't top that. <laughs> so, uh, have a full weekend, my friend of calling things in various sundry forms. And uh, we will catch back up with you to talk about the sprint that is Major League Soccer with Messi and friends and everybody else. Be well as you drink from your Yankees mug this morning. No, no, I'm blessed. Oh, oh bless. You're blessed this morning. I saw Yankee. I saw the, the uh, normal Yankees. So he is blessed this morning. He made it. Uh, he made it through the line of dropping off the boss and making sure that he got back for us for 10 o'clock. Be safe, my friend. We'll catch up next week. All right. There's Dylan Butler. So Dylan's gone, which means we now bring in for a three-way dance to end the show. Bart and Jared, Lord save us all. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. There, there, there is no God here. <laughs> Both of us are here. You, you, you abandon all hope. Well, of course. That's how we're supposed to end these shows. Um, Jared, I don't know how much of this show that you've got to listen to in hour number one. But uh, I wanted to get your comments and your your depth of understanding about the booing that happened yesterday with Scotland and England and Ali McCoy believing that booing God Save the King was totally out of order. I don't care what Ali McCoy thinks. I, I, I have many people whose opinions I care about. Ali McCoy is laid out on that list. You have a group of people north of Hadrian's Wall, again, that don't like being told what to do. They're incredibly stubborn people. I adore them. And you played the anthem of the people who they consider to be their chief rival in life. And they booted. Yes, that's going to happen. Also, Scotland playing, you know, Flower of Scotland is the perfect anthem for them, especially because as any because it is about a war as any good anthem should be. It's about the Battle of Bannockburn. Uh, I don't care that they booed. England won the day. Uh-huh. I don't know. Like it, it's this thing where like I guess England has to be outraged. Yes, they got to be upset about something. They, they, they have, have to. Get, they have to. Yes. they have to be aggrieved about something. They have to get their wigs disheveled about something. Like something has to be wrong. And this is not just one thing. Even though we're picking on England, this is a sports thing where like something always has to be wrong. It can't ever just be okay. Ooh, like Kirby Smart somehow getting mad that a South Carolina player didn't mention UGA in toughest environments to play in. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, everyone's gonna get upset. And I don't know. Like I thought. I thought Steve Clark said it best where he's like yeah we wanted to win but we're 15 like this window was great man we're 15 if we if we just keep doing our job and uh norway survived a late scare from uh from georgia mm-hmm. if, if georgia had drawn norway's couple would have qualified for the euros yesterday he was mm-hmm. like man this is great man we're 15 to 15 
Uh, we uh, sure you know, we of course we wanted to win that game. We didn't though. That, that's okay. We still had we still had some young guys get experience, and we were able to take another step towards qualifying and pretending like you know this pretending like the past is going to be your future because good on you Scotland because you're actually uh, you're actually you're actually getting to the point now where you're making waves in terms of international game. The problem is now you're getting the articles out of the Scotsman about how there's, you know, no, no players in Scotland playing, uh, playing for the Scottish national team, which is, but you know how many players on Norway's <laughs> national team play in Norway? Uh, none. None. The answer is zero. By the way, a bunch of the Scottish players came up through uh, Scottish academies and then moved down. Like John McGinn moved down to England. Because I got the money. Yes. It's fine. I know we do the same thing here to an extent. like, And it's a different conversation in the United States <clears throat> about the idea of, um, you know, how do we feel about, like, MLS players making the national team, that sort of thing. And it's a different animal because you have a higher – I think you have a higher quantity and quality of player, uh, American player play, who's playing overseas. So okay. it's a different animal. But, yes, the, again, uh, Scotland was not – innocent in this uh we always have to have something to complain about thing by god stop complaining <laughs> I, i'm absolutely begging you just stop complaining about something for five minutes anyway. uh okay so bart what is that to your left is that a foldable curtain yeah it's uh i'm in a meeting room of the place the center in which i am currently working in this food shop piggly okay. wiggly says hi oh oh see piggly wiggly pig on the pig so, John, do you, do you have any guesses where I might be right now? Uh, Birmingham, <laughs> Alabama. I am. I'm. Well, I'm not technically in Birmingham. I'm a little south. Pelham? No. So, what's a little south of Pelham? Well, I guess it's southeast, maybe, maybe east. Southeast of out? No, it's not Alex City. Uh, it's no. in the Birmingham. It's on four. It's on four fifty nine. It's not like I'm that far out. Oh, oh, oh. Mountain Brook. Um, I don't know my I don't know my Birmingham suburbs. I just spend my uh, time. You're fine. It's not it's not like Hoover, is it? I'm in Hoover. Wow. I'm in Hoover Met. You're at Hoover Met. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually well, I'm at the Finley Center, which is right next to the Hoover Met. Wow. So. Tell John's favorite coach you said hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a stone's throw away from the greatest high school reality drama ever. Because it's all about the kids. Uh, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bam's question before we, get into, uh, before we get into USMNT, WNT, and refing down here this week. Bam had his Wall Pass Wednesday question asked thusly. Your top three national anthems. Okay, so uh, uh, spoiler alert, none of them are the U.S. Star-Spangled Banner. That's, yeah. it's, not, it's a terrible national anthem. I'm sorry, this is my hottest take. Maybe it's a terrible song and a not great national anthem. Um, yes, it's about a war. It's not about a war that we were particularly um, excelling in. <laughs> so anyway, um, I think my top three are the Marseillaise. Mm-hmm. Um, that is number one, correct. That, uh, for me, it's number one. I don't know the actual like Welsh pronunciation, but Land of Our Fathers of uh, Wales. Okay. Um, and then... I gotta be honest. I got turned on to the Colombian national anthem down there in, in uh, Australia, hearing the Colombians sing it. But um, definitely not the U.S. 
Um, a sneaky good one that I always enjoy is O Canada because you can belt it out. You don't. It's, I know it's slow, and it's, you know some people don't think it's very hype, and I get that. But like, you can still yell it mm -hmm. without like it still sounds like a song. Um, yeah. But La Marseillaise is like top, and then for me, it's uh, Land of Our Fathers from Scotland. Huff, okay, whatever. Comrade. There you go. How do you pronounce it, Jarrett? Oh, uh, it, it's France. I'll, I'll, I will endorse Colombia. It's a really good, it's an underrated one. Uh, there's and a lot, listen, a lot of those Latin American countries have bangers. <laughs> they have a lot of trauma that has led to some amazing anthems. <laughs> um, and then Flower of Scotland, um, mostly oh, yeah. because you get what you got yesterday, which is you have oh, the singular, oh. you have the singular bagpipe firing off versus one and three. Yeah. Uh, the bagpipe plays through verse one, and then you just let the stadium carry verse three, and it's it it's always well done. Yeah. Um, I, I, God save God save the king is is just. Eh. I, I the other hot take would be Jerusalem's better than God save the king, but um, see that's the thing, man. It's like some, you you, a you start getting into that. that. Yeah, you start getting into like, what if we did different songs? Because like it's always been the argument of like, why do you do uh, Flower of Scotland instead of instead of you know Scotland the Brave like. Well, I don't know. Flower of Scotland was written in like 1972. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. But it works. Uh, you know, why do we play? I, to, hey, you want to take it a step further? Why do we play the U.S. national anthem before domestic sporting events? Every single one. Because the why? troops, Because the troops. If you don't play it, the troops won't know that you like them. Sorry, this is going to get political. <laughs> I'm just reminded of Bo Burnham's character in Parks and Rec. Oh, boy. Anywho. Yes. Uh, so today. Speaking of complaining, let's talk about the U.S. men's national team. Exactly. Uh, uh, hey, you know, hey, you know what? You know what? It could be worse. You could have had a 3-3 draw against Uzbekistan's B team. Yeah, yeah. And you had you had a you were down one nil, and you were down two one, and you were up three two, but at ninety plus two gave up a set piece. Oh, my God! My favorite take has been a lot of the Mexico fans on Twitter, especially, have been like, "Oh no, it wasn't our strongest squad either." And I'm like, "It was the Uzbek B." Yeah, I was like, "You still noted, have noted superpower." Noted superpower yeah. Uzbekistan. Yes. They are rotated squad. Yes. From the hey. match that they lost to the U.S. men's national team. Toff is fired up about 3GB. And I'll go ahead and put this on the table before we get into, like, analysis of matches and things. Tafka says that it needs to be discussed. The reasonably inferred comments by 3GB, he was practically guaranteed a second cycle contract, and the search was a shame. I don't know where those comments came from. Yeah, um, I, I do. I mean, I think the general understanding from U.S. soccer people who actually know things, not people who make things up on Twitter, yeah. is Greg was probably going to be rehired. Yeah. From the like, or maybe not rehired, extended. Yeah. Um, past the 2022 World Cup, which, as a, as I said on the show last week, I was against because of just oh, the yeah. generic. I don't like a two cycle coach, and I do think that we mm -hmm. could have. We should have tried to do something better than Greg Berhalter. However, um, you know, I think had they kept him on after the World Cup last year, I don't think, I think there would have been a lot of teeth gnashing, but I don't think it would have been to where it is now. 
I think the real disappointment is that you went through a search and ended up with the same guy. Now, you ended up with the same guy because you used a lot of the metrics from the guy who was applying. Um, so if I apply for a job and they use all the metrics of the performance that I just had, like, of course, you're probably going to get preferential. Uh, you're going to be preferred in that job search. But, um, yeah, I, I think everyone was kind of under the understanding that Greg was most likely going to just be kept on um, for the cycle. Now, obviously, some things happened. Um, the rain has decided to soccer parent to infinity. Yeah. And, you know, we had to go through the search process. I am, again, disappointed that we landed on Burhalter again. I do think we could do better. But... There's also a lot of stipulations, qualifications, and boundaries on what type of coach that U.S. soccer will and can hire. Right. And people need to understand that. People need to just, we're not paying $5 million for a coach. It's not happening. Stop pretending like we're just going to go get Jose Mourinho. Stop it. You know, the problem, part of the problem is we put ourselves in these positions because we think these things. Someone on Twitter says this, or someone at the bar says, oh, why don't we just go get Zinedine Zidane? And it's like, well, that would be great. Where are you going to get $10 million a year to pay this man? And he ain't coming here anyway. You know, um, I do think, I still think that Patrick Vieira was, a, uh, I, in my opinion, a Ortieri Henry type of player or coach where, like, they would have done it. You would have had to pay them a little bit more money. But we all know that there's a discrepancy between club coaching salaries and national team coaching salaries for the fact that you're not doing as much work, especially not, you know, you're not working 24 seven the way that a club manager would. Correct. So, you know, you probably could have given them two, 2.5 and they would have come. And I think us soccer should have tried to stretch their budget a little bit more. For example, Vieira was making about 4.4, I think when he was uh, sacked at crystal palace, um, Roy Hodgson apparently is making 4.4 pennies. Um, I think so. Uh, that's probably why they kept him, but, you know, Vieira 4.4 million at Palace is not a whole lot when you consider what the other Premier League managers are making. No. But that's a lot of money for a national team manager. Um, at the end of his cycle, Greg, last year in the, the World Cup year where all the bonuses are available, 1.8. So that that's a big gap. I, I'm not good at math, but 4.4 is a heck of a lot higher than 1.8 million. Yes, that is true. That, that, I don't that know. Is I, you know, I, again, I think we put ourselves in this position to think that we were going to go hire Jose Mourinho or, you know, anyone like that. And the reality is that just wasn't likely. But there were still some coaches that I think were in our sphere that we could have stretched a little bit and got. So when you look at these two matches with the uh, reintegration of 3GB and the guys that were there yes it was uzbekistan and oman what are some of your larger thirty thousand foot takeaways from this window so i think first off and this is I, I, no one wants to hear this so i'm sorry it was very clear to me that no one on the field was like except for weston mckinney because he doesn't have like a dial he either is at a 10 or 11 there's no like dial for Wes. i think a lot of guys were operating around a seven in terms of just effort because i get it they just started a lot of, especially this roster, it's all but like two uh, MLS players or um, European players. Um, you know, they're in the starting their season, their clubs, they've got a whole campaign ahead of them. A lot of these guys are still in Champions League positions or Europa League positions or in, in, at clubs where that is a, a goal. So, you know, 
two friendlies against Uzbekistan and Oman are not, that's not something that they're going to get hyped for the way that I think we expect them to, because we, as U.S. soccer fans, especially USMNT fans, a lot of us grew up with the USMNT being our team, right? So we expect them to get hyped for every game like we are. And, you know, I'll just say personally, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm excited to watch the team play again. It was fun to watch them. I mean, winning seven nothing composite is nice, but you know, these these opponents aren't they're not gonna you're not gonna learn a whole lot from these opponents. You're also not gonna uh, get hype for these two teams that you barely, you know, most people can't even point out on the map. Considering that it's uh, all the home of all caps, it looked like it was half full as well. In that first yeah, night. well, we can talk about that a little bit if you want, because I was disappointed that it was only about 15,000. And yeah. to me, that is, you know, people have been saying, oh, play these in L.A., play, play these in New York. We've done that, and that's not like they sell out. L.A. got two games this year. They got one in um, Carson. They got one in the, the bank. So don't pretend like we don't play in L.A. Um U.S. soccer has to figure out if they want people to attend their matches or if they want to make buckets of money. However, if, you know, you want to do all these things for the national teams and pay coaches and get good coaches, well, you're going to have to pay money. So where do you get that money from? Ticket sales is the only way to get that. So, Jarrett, for Bart, what's on your mind? Yeah, so here's my question about all of this, about Greg. How different would the optics be if – the Reynas didn't go full soccer parent and yeah. you got after the world cup and you said, Hey, we're not going to have to do a full internal investigation because we don't have anything to investigate because the Reynas didn't go full crazy. And you just kept Greg. It, like, it, I how think different, the how different been, do we look at it? Yeah. I think that there would have been some teeth gnashing initially. And I would have been one of those people again. It's just like, man, we couldn't have like tried. I would have gotten a little mad at Ernie Stewart for not attempting to, you know, look for something. I still think that a big, for me, a big flaw in this search was, and and I go back a little bit to the athletic director thing where I, I joke that every athletic director worth their salt has a, a piece of paper in the top of their drawer, or maybe it's the bottom of their drawer, but it's somewhere in that top drawer of uh, all the coaches that they would go after if, you know, either they needed to or the, whatever it is. Um, I don't think we really approached it from that way anyway. And that to me, again, is the failure of you had an opportunity to truly do a global search. It doesn't feel like you did the search as thoroughly as you claim to have, um, especially when your two final choices were Marsh and Burhalter. Now, is that because Marsh and Burhalter are willing to work for less than $2 million a year? Maybe. But um, I think the teeth gnashing would have been a lot at the beginning. But I, th I think eventually they would have been like, all right, fine. Um, I do think that maybe had you had had you kept Burhalter, Stewart probably still would have resigned and you know not resigned, moved to take a job at a club level. It seems like that he just wanted to do that anyway. And then you bring in a new sporting director. I think that does amp up the pressure on Burhalter to perform. Right, same concept. You bring in a new athletic director. Well, they didn't hire you, so you know how do they feel about you is still to be determined. Um, but, you know, to be fair to Matt Crocker, a lot of the things he said about the Burhalter search and what they look for, he kind of copy and pasted that over to what they're looking for for the U.S. women's coaches he talked about last night. Now, obviously, I think their expectations for a women's coach and their competitive salary for the women's coaches, we've learned, is a lot higher. Um, you know, Vladko is making near the top of what you would expect a women's national team coach to, to be making. 
Um, and I think they'll spend a little bit more money to get the new women's coach. But it seems like Matt Crocker and U.S. Soccer have a pretty consistent set of parameters and qualifications they want um, among both, if not all their coaches. So, I, you know, I, again, yeah, I think Burhalter would have been, people would have been mad about Burhalter, but they would have gotten over it had it just been an extension. But we'll never know because Claudio and company decided to ruin everything. Yeah, Matt Crocker on the postgame show last night said that uh, interim women's national team manager Twyla Kilgore will stay in the job through the October friendlies. Uh, the men's coach hire, he said, was really important, a key part of the job to start with. And now my focus turns to the women's team and the women's head coach search. Then obviously helping Twyla and the staff prepare for their event, which is just around the corner. And I got I got I got I got I got a name for you. Uh, I got a name. Is for it you. Serena Vigman? No. <laughs> No, it is not. Serena is it Pia Sundhaga? No, it is not Pia Sundhaga uh, version 2.0. Randy Waldrum from Pitt. I know that backyard brawl, that's, that's fighting words for you, is this weekend, I think. I, I think rescuing any man from having to be at Pitt is probably smart. <laughs> so, Dave no, wants that. Think U.S. Right. national team coach. <laughs> oh, no, Jared. No. Um, I think you're not wrong. And I think that should be the type of coach we're going after is someone who has proven to both be a good player development, but also I really think we got to hire someone who has international management experience. I really do. Because I think that was the biggest critique you had of Flatco. And the, I think all the players liked Flatco as a person, but the more we get kind of away from the, the actual tournament, um, you're hearing some criticism. You even heard some criticism last night from Crocker, not like directly Flatco sucked at this, this, and this. But he pointed out specific things that kind of have been criticisms of Vladko. And I definitely think one of the ways you can mitigate those problems is if you hire someone who has international management experience. And I don't know, Randy Waldron has that, it seems. <laughs> and he would actually get paid on time. I think people underestimate that value that U.S. soccer and the landscape here has. Those checks clear uh -huh. on time. We, where, we say the same thing about when people would come to Atlanta United or come to MLS in general <laughs> from some countries. It's like, hey, man, the check is clearing every week. Yeah. And, and, like, and I get it. People talk about, like, competitive balance and, and you know, pro-rel. And we can, you know, we're not getting into that rabbit hole. But mm -hmm. listen, outside of the top three clubs in a country, and some countries don't even have top three clubs, that paycheck is not guaranteed every two weeks or whatever, you know, it's just, it, it isn't. And uh, MLS has that advantage. That's for sure. U.S. soccer seems to have that advantage too. Cause they charge a thousand dollars for a ticket to a friend. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last night against Oman, Benja Kramoski and Kevin Paredes got their debuts contributing to Paredes got a goal. Mm -hmm. Cannot tell me differently. And uh, Valer and Balogun scored in the first half, Ricardo Pepe in the second half. Uh, you know, I, I think once again, uh, and Christopher Lund got the start last night, so he got back-to-back -back caps yeah. in this window. What did you, what are your, you know, like I said, I know that we're not necessarily getting into impressions on the whole, but the larger Cruton picture for Greg Berhalter yeah. in putting Kramoski in and giving him some minutes for the U.S. men's national team where he would be fighting for the same in other countries. I mean, obviously, let's not pretend like this isn't a recruiting pitch, right? 
Um, I don't think Kromoski has earned, I say this not to diminish him, but it's not like he's earned a U.S. national team senior call-up just on merit alone. But there's nothing wrong with calling a guy up who's had a pretty good season in MLS, who, you know, is best friends with Leo Messi now and can, you know, we got to kind of maybe recruit him. I mean, my philosophy is why not recruit him? Worst case scenario, he's just a U.S. national team player now. Best case scenario, he turns out really darn good, and he's going to be a starter down the line. Obviously, he's very young, so even the 2026 cycle is probably unlikely for him, especially when you consider the just depth we have at midfield. Because he'd be, um, what, 21, 22, I think, in in 26? It's a lot of math, but that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, so what, it's what three years plus 18? Yeah, yeah. he'll be 20, 21. 21, 22, yeah. Um, you know, then he can, he can at least win Budweiser Man of the Match then. But he can be a guy who can help, maybe. I mean, but you're thinking of, of guys like this age, especially, and this is why like, we have a U-17 World Cup coming up in, in uh, November, December. We have the U-19s going down to the Pan Am Games. Those types of tournaments are important for that 2030 cycle. Get those players integrated into the system, into the program, get them bought in, and then, you know, 2030, when you need those mid-20s guys to step up and, and take control of the program, that's where they can they can come into play. As they play in Saudi Arabia. Jarrett, what's on your mind? And as far as, you know, some of these guys who who we've known, I mean, not, not the Kowalski's, not the new guys of the world, from some of the stalwarts, was there any, like, stock up, stock down? I know you talked about these guys playing not at full speed. Getting, getting ready for Champions League. Would anything that stuck out to you for like stock up, stock down? I think stock up is Pepe. I think he just needed to like score goals to remind himself he can because he hasn't really played a whole lot of PSV. I don't think that's a problem. He's behind a very good player who's scoring a lot for his club. But I think for Pepe, it was just good to get on the score sheet and be very involved, um, especially when you consider that we, we kind of think Balogun's number one. And I don't think there was anything to dispel that necessarily. But Pepe's got to A, pressure Balogun, and B, I mean, you got a whole, you're fighting for that spot at Copa America next summer, right? Because the likelihood is you're not taking three strikers because you're probably only getting a 23-player uh, roster unless FIFA decides to truly show that they hate women and give the people a you know, 26-player roster for the 2026 World Cup. But um, at, you're only looking at two strikers. Pepe's got to make that case to be on that roster. And I think he's the only one that I came away with and go, oh, yeah, that was a good camp. Everyone else was pretty much just like, meh. Tim Ream looked slow. I don't count Tim Ream as someone I'm, you know, I'm looking at going forward as a key player. I thought that the, the honestly, I thought Miles and Richards last night was what we need to see more of. Um, you know, it was kind of fun watching Chris Richards play while I was here in Hoover, Alabama, by the way. So shout out <laughs> to, to him and his family. Great, great mom and dad. Um, they uh, they they looked really good last night, and I know it's Amon. I get it, but like you still held both of them scoreless. So ask Mexico what it what that would be like, you know. But seriously, you held two teams scoreless. You can talk about the the level of play, and Jerry. I think this is where, for me anyway, I look at it and go, you still didn't give up any goals. And if that is going to be, I know people are going to complain about Berhalter Ball and the lack of creativity, and that's very valid. We're not giving up a whole lot of goals under Greg Berhalter. And that's still a positive. We didn't give up a whole lot of goals under either BJ or 
uh, Hudson either. So the system does do a good job of protecting your back line or protecting yourselves from not giving up opportunities. I wish it created more, but for me, us, you know, going scoreless in two games, 180 minutes, that's just hard to do even when you consider friendlies, you know? We got a couple of minutes left. Was there anything in the, the refing down here sphere that uh, has been in your crosshairs the last seven days? Well, uh, shout out to John Roper for sending me the video of the um, German player giving a reverse to the referee after getting it. Yes. Yes. Um, that was pretty funny. Um, I do want to talk about uh, the Miami incident. Okay. Yeah, because that's what I was going to ask. So – I haven't been able to see definitively, but I do think that, so here's the situation, right? The player, um, there's a foul committed by, I forget the player, um, a foul committed by the defensive team, attacking team takes the ball quick, takes a free kick quickly and goes and scores goal. The problem is the the controversy is the referee was talking with the player who had committed the foul. Right. And Busquets comes in. Right. The, the question is who initiates that conversation? Because if the referee stops play to, you know, warn the player, talk with the player, but yeah, we're stopping play, chill, what are we doing? If that's just the other team yelling at me and complaining, you, I'm damn well not giving you that benefit of the doubt on that free kick, you know? I mean, and so that's where that, that situation is, is if, if we as a referee have stopped match to give a card or do other sort of game management type stuff, then yes, we would have had to be like, no, Sergio, stop, don't do that. Um, and most referees, before they have that conversation, they usually you know, will put a hand out and say, okay, hold on, I gotta talk to this guy. Or, or it's very clear they're doing a instructional, educational opportunity with this player who uh, needs to shut up. But that didn't seem to be the case there. It seemed like it was more of a complaint than it was an instruction. And at that point, that's on you. Hold on to the ball, bruh. <laughs> Step, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that the, the controversy is a little overblown because, you know, I think it's something that is good to talk about as we're having this conversation now. We're explaining what happened there. But, yeah, I mean, I, yes, it's another example of Messi. Well, not Messi, but Messi's and, team and, getting and the friend. benefit of the doubt, yeah. you know, of, of a referee decision or a league decision. Um, Lord knows that they have had plenty of support from the league um, to not just get Messi here and Brisquets here and everyone else, but you know throughout this process. But um, you know, apparently, even they're going to Messi's going to score in the eighth minute on Saturday. It's going to be a one nil um, Miami at that point in time. I don't know if you saw that. But, um, <laughs> script is that the script? Is that the in the scripts from the the script? Right? The script. It, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, John, did you see this? No. Okay, oh, it's, it, during during Apple's uh, Apple did their uh, their reveal for the new iPhone, and uh, in one of the when they're showing off what the iPhone can do, like they did, like oh, you can get live sports updates, and it was Atlanta versus Miami with Miami scoring from Messi in the eighth minute. So, just catching strays, you know how it goes. Thanks, Tim Cook. I I will say I appreciate the fact that they picked MLS to sell, showcase, and they showed the game that's happening like this weekend because they did it. They announced the new iPad or the iPhone this week. 15. So that was kind of cool. It just was, you know, why did it have to be us losing to Miami after an eighth minute? Leo Messi, probably, presumably free kick. Um, we'll just go with that. But who yeah. knows with our, like with our back line, who knows? From like 22, uh, he, he launches something and it turns into a free kick of Palooza with, yeah. uh, with Messi. It could also be a 1v1 versus um, 
Prada or a Brahmin, that will probably leave us. Well, but Luis played, Luis played 90 minutes. Uh, I know, well, that's why I said Parada or Abram. Because <laughs> so, Miles also went 90. That's That was my only negative from last night was, did we have to play, play Miles Robinson all 90? But uh, uh, Gigi, well. Gigi was already back. Almada did not play. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, Saba, I think, is in transit. Chiade has already started practicing, so it will be interesting going on. Uh, why are you in Hoover, sir? Uh, I'm helping my dad out. He's he does uh, grocery sales, and okay. uh, he needed some help with um, the show this week. He got he double buffed himself between Dollar General and Piggly Wiggly, so um, I came here a day early to get everything set up and start everything, so that he could join us. Ah, okay. So and I met Paula Dean. Oh, okay. And the pig. Well, see now that you, so. you, you, you the pig is more important <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> the pig is way more important. I got a picture with the Piggly Wiggly pig. Um, trying to figure out how much merch I can come home with that has a pig on it. This is exactly what I did in Colorado. I didn't care that I got to see the rapid. I got to hang out with Rapid Man. That yeah. was that was me living my best life. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I might even stop at Bucky's on the way home, Chris. Oh, I have a new one in Leeds. Oh, um, yes, they do. They've got one right at Auburn Technology Parkway. Yeah. So. And uh, they've got one at the the one in Leeds on the hill, and that one is a very very yeah. that is a very very crowded uh, Bucky's. What's going on with soccer for USPOD? Uh, we're trying to figure out recording schedule for this week to kind of recap what happened with the US men, um, and then uh, next week we'll do some previews of the US women. Maybe yeah, next week maybe we'll see. Next week is interesting. Tuesday is my birthday. I fly to DC on Wednesday and fly back on Thursday. So. Okay. Uh, we'll see how that recording is going well, next week. And, um, and also your 10.30 a.m. segment next week. Well, so I'll be – I might do that – I might I might have to push that earlier. Okay. Um, let's just go we'll 9 see. o'clock now. It's fine with me. I mean, if you leave – i got to remember up. what my flight is. Well, when you remember what your flight is, we'll figure We're it out. We're taking that $50 round-trip flight on Frontier to and from Baltimore. Um, uh. But, hey – Thanks to Atlanta United for the free away tickets for season ticket holders. I forgot that I had requested these at the beginning of the year because I thought in my head I'd be at I would be in Morgantown uh, and I would just take go from Morgantown to to DC for the game. Um, and then uh, let's see, a month ago they emailed me like, "Hey, congratulations! You got tickets to the DC game." Don't and I was like, "Oh, I forgot I requested this." Um, and if you don't use them, you get charged. And yeah. I was like, "Well, could I email them?" And then I looked up flights. So I was like, "Well, fifty-two dollar round trip." Yeah, we'll do this. So, and uh, Neil Brown is still employed. <laughs> well, okay. So I was going to actually ask you something fun and not insulting. Uh, I don't. I don't want to remind you about Neil Brown. I was going to ask you. Uh, I, do you have any thoughts on what's whatever the hell's going on in New England? Uh, no, you won't. Because okay, here's the thing. I, because I've been trying to like actually follow this. No one knows what's going on. Mm-mm. It's and, amazing, and I, and I think that's the biggest. I love it like, so much. It's the combination of Bruce getting whatever put on administrative leave for. Yeah. I felt it felt like four months. I mean, it was just like, hey, he's not coaching, and I was like, but why? And they're like, well, there's an investigation. Why? Uh, he said bad things. What? What? What were the nature of the bad things? We didn't even hear that. It's, like, not, it's under investigation. That's and it. then every comment after, and then Caitlin Kyle gets in trouble for you know uh, saying things, and and I think the problem was for me, if you would have said what they were, 
then the Kaylin Kyle incident would have either A, not happened, or B, been cleared up very easily. Like, no, it wasn't this. It was actually this. Um, and now it's just the players are – so I, I do – like, I don't think the players would have not practiced yesterday, withheld their training, had he been fired for doing or saying something to players or staff that was, like, racial, homophobic. Like, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, or if it were – Or if they had been actually told what he did. Uh, that, right. So it's just, like, what is going – like – what is going on here? Because those are conversations I do believe need to be held in closed door and they don't necessarily need to get out. Like the, the, the actual thing that he said, unless there is a public report published, I don't care necessarily what he said. I would rather just know like, Hey, it was this type of stuff. Um, you know, the, I don't, we don't need to know all the details. We just kind of need to know like, well, what kind of stuff did he say? Was it racist? Was it sexist? Was it homophobic? Was it transphobic? Was it, you know, uh, demeaning and, and bullying of players, coaches, and other, you know, like, what was it? Because, I mean, of all the things Bruce Arena is, I don't think he's particularly a, like, mean person to people around him. Does that make sense? Yeah. He's 71. Like a, yeah, but he's he could also just be an old curmudgeon. Right. Who knows? You yeah. Know? And I think that that's probably the leader of the clubhouse when it comes to... <laughs> Fired for being an old curmudgeon. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so interesting because we don't, like, we don't the know. league needs to, this is where, because clearly not even reporters are getting anything. And this is getting actual traction in local New England news, which is, like, big, because the, the Patriots even played this weekend, and they still are talking about the revolution. Yeah. So, and Tom Brady did things this week. Like, that. they're 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 talking about the revs. That's how big of an issue this is. Yeah. And the fact that no one can get information is scary, because... It's also clear that no one has information. Right. Like, no one's leaking it because probably like three people know it. And one of them is Bruce Arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, Nick says it'd be hilarious if they have to keep Richie Williams around because he is a whistleblower. So. Do we even know that he's a whistleblower? Like, it, that's the thing. Like, he supposedly, but he's just like, I don't know. And, and then when uh, Clint P.A. was announced as head coach, sorry, the interim of the interim, the, the, the new substitute teacher, in the press release, there was no mention of Richie Williams at all. Yeah. It's just like, P.A.'s your new guy. He's bringing his assistant. Bio information on P.A., bio information on Marcelo, no mention of Richie Williams whatsoever. Uh, this is a PR disaster for New England. Um, but this is, again, where you have a single entity league. Why is it MLS, PR, and comms? stepping in to handle this you know that's where i i don't understand because <laughs> the new england revs comms team have flubbed this but they may have flubbed it because uh, i mean the problem with comms is you can only do as much as you're told to do mm-hmm. and then so, you, you don't have a you don't have a press conference the night of the news dump because the news dump yeah. happens immediately as the yeah. match is ending yeah then you don't have a press conference there then you have a press conference with Richie Williams, who references the investigation three times. What are your emotions about Bruce Arena uh, resigning? Oh, you'll have to refer to the investigation. He said that three times, literally, yep. in the in his press conference. But it's like, well, what investigation? We don't know. Nothing's been published or made like public. Yeah, and so it, just it, that we know that it happened. Yep. Uh, One o'clock. Brian Bellello and Cardinalfo are going to have uh, their press conference, and it will probably be the highest attended virtual press conference. Yeah that uh, the Rebs will have had. How much longer are you in Hoover? 
I'm not leaving today, actually. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, make sure that everything is uh, on its proper stanchions and will not fall down so your your dad can properly represent. And, We're trying. <laughs> and uh, we will catch up with you probably, my guess is probably in Hartsfield, Jackson, next next week. At- yeah, maybe that'll be one of those. We do a live hit together in Hartsfield, Jackson International Airport tomorrow or uh, next week. <laughs> that could be fun. Yep. So uh, just make sure that you're in a location where you can hear. He is yeah. at Bartimus Prime 19 at Soccer for US POD Bart. Enjoy Hoover. Enjoy the pig. We'll catch up with you next week, my friend. Bye, y'all. All right. That's See Bart. You. And so uh, as we go, uh, what else is on your mind before we go? Uh, honestly, not much. Kind of getting ready for this week personally, like <laughs> emotionally. Um, uh, you know, everybody is everybody and their mother will be in Atlanta because yeah. you have, uh, you know, suck it, haters. You have the <laughs> biggest stadium and the biggest atmosphere in MLS hosting the best player in the world and mm-hmm. the best player of the last generation in a game that he has to win to continue his playoff march. Like, there's a lot of really fun things involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's going to be a lot of excitement, and I'm excited for it. Yes, uh, I don't know. Next week, the celebrity attendee list will be very very interesting. Kind of like oh the- man, like I I realized late last night that I was like oh man, I don't actually have. Usually, I can ask uh, a friend of the program, uh, Johannes, uh-huh. uh, about a parking pass. You can just hit him up like, hey, man, do you have a parking pass? Like I, I thought about it, like oh. God, I'm not going to be able to ask him. I'm going to ask him, and he's just going to like email me, email back like, "LOL." No. Yes, yeah, he'll <laughs> he'll nothing. He'd be like, "Bruh," he'll, he'll be like, "Like you can, you you can park at uh, you can park at Art Center." How's yes. that? Yes, exactly. That's be what happens. There's your parking, sir. Uh, tomorrow, Nico's with us at uh, 10:30. I'm efforting uh, involvement from New England. See if we can catch up with some folks from up there. See if they can be in. Uh, see if they can be in the show in hour number one. But yeah, Nico's going to join us at ten thirty, and we will continue to roll from there. Uh, you want to take uh, after we hang up and finish the show? I've got a question to ask you about some traffic for Friday, so we'll catch up with that. Yep. Uh, since uh, you made it here for hour number two, you get to send us home. So uh, what's on your mind as you send us home on a wall pass Wednesday? Oh my God. Um, enjoy this little bit of a break. Everyone be nice. Take care of each other. Bucha, plot to y'all. What he said back at it, 9.05 tomorrow morning.